Fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good, because we are still in Throbtober. Yes, happy Throbtober. Alright, man, this is a fun one. We haven't got to do a Universal one in a little bit. This is probably my, like, least watched Universal movie, or, like, least watched series of them. Okay, Reasons why? No real reason why. I think it's mostly because it's, and we're doing The Mummy from 1932, is because it's all this Egypt stuff. And I don't hate Egypt stuff, but it never grabbed my attention, really. Oh, really? As a kid, I was fascinated by it. I, I think that's probably why I like this one a lot. Like, I was always really interested in it and everything. So you would watch all those documentaries and whatnot that used to come on? I watched a lot of them. I still watch some, like, on Disney+. Plus. They had, like, some, like, with whatever they have on there. I was watching some not too long ago, honestly. I would always watch the space documentaries. Yeah, I mean, I like other things, too. Yeah. I'd watch those. But, yeah, something about, like, all this weird tradition that was super advanced for the time that just was lost. I don't know. Something about it was really cool. Yeah, well, I've definitely, like, watching this movie, like, this time, or it's been a few years since I've seen it, it definitely did grab my attention a little bit more than I remember it last time. You know what's funny about it, too? This is just society in general, not even just this movie. That The mummy was a burial, like, tradition. Like, this is what we do with our dead. Similar to what burying in a casket or cremation is for us and we've taken it and turned it into a monster it's just <laughs> like we found dead people and we sell halloween decorations of them now like it is kind of weird when you think about it isn't it it's like a dead king who they thought was a god and then we buried it up and we go gross stick them behind a glass cabinet <laughs> yeah, exactly i'm like i'm thinking about it. I'm like you know i've seen a mummy in a museum i'm like that's a dude! Yeah. That's a real person! And those are the lucky ones. A lot of them got ground up into dust for fake boner medication. Yes. It, or just sold, like, on the street for a while. Oh, yeah. I've seen pictures of that where there's just vendors sitting there selling mummies. So they're just sitting beside dead bodies. Like... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Ed Gein grew up in the wrong country. Oh, yeah, but... That's all. There's a little, like, side nearly. It's weird that we consider the mummy a monster. Like, when it was just a way people were buried. And it's also, like, it's such a... And I love how, like, Monster Squad handled it. And I know we covered Monster Squad. But, like, you just have to, like, unravel him and he just falls to dust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they couldn't do that in this one, which... We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, uh, one gripe that I have. Oh, but okay. You want to get into this thing? Yes, I cannot wait. And I have Egypt questions for you, so I hope that you can help me. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to, but we'll see. Um, directed right. by Carl Frund. Um, I think I was saying that right. Uh, he. I was hoping you'd take it, because I didn't know. Yeah. Produced by Carl Lamel Jr., who also produced Frankenstein, Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein, Invisible Man, The Black Cat, The Old Dark House. He was oh, in a, yeah. a bunch of different shit. And Jack Pierce the amazing makeup artist who also did the f amazing Frankenstein makeup that is so legendary. The Invisible Man. He did the Wolfman makeup. 
Oh, that's awesome. What a yeah. good career that guy has. Hey, oh, fuck. And he and uh, Boris Karloff must have like really gotten to know each other after all this. Because this one, I would say, this makeup is a little less than Frankenstein for sure. But oh, yeah. this is also the 30s, which, you know, Boris is sitting there probably getting makeup that has like lead and like any other horrible, like toxic thing in it. Just applied all over his face. Oh, yeah. Also, this is something I just kind of learned about the other day, speaking of people who worked on it. Vera West was the first um, woman to serve as a chief costume designer at Universal. And she did, like, the dresses for this, Bride of Frankenstein, um, Dracula, all of his brides, and stuff like that. So, just someone I just learned about this past week, which worked out for us doing this movie. Oh, yeah, even going up, like, as far as, like... Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, House of Frankenstein. Those are like late Universal monster movies. Yeah. All right. So we start with some archaeologists cataloging their finds, and it's not too much there. And they find this mummy who's just propped up, opened in the back of the room <laughs> while they're going through like scrolls and tablets and stuff. Well, I love like the main like seasoned archaeologist is like super fascinated about this broken pottery. And he's like, yeah, that might be like really cool to look at. And you would think that would be the big deal, but we've learned way more about their civilization through this pottery than the bodies and the big cool like tomb things and whatnot. This is why I'd be a terrible archaeologist. I'm like, what's all this? No, I want to just see like the sphinx and the mummies and all that stuff. You're like, and, just, like the ancient traps. You're like running over that and like breaking it to go like, look, a mummy. <laughs> this scroll reading stuff does us no good. <laughs> um, and the mummy though was buried alive and it's Emotep. Also the 90s mummy, you know, very well beloved mm -hmm. Brandon Fraser movies. You don't realize how much that took from this movie. All the names, everything. Like, it's still Emotep, it's still Noxina Moon, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a question I have. Is Emotep an actual person? No. Okay, this is a made-up character. I'm going to double-check myself on that real quick, but I'm almost positive. Okay, because it's definitely one of... Because I definitely grew up on the Brendan Fraser mummy. So, I know the name from when I was very little, but that's probably because the guy with the cool hair and the whip is, like, going around, you know? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No. My mistake. Oh, is Emotep he real? was real. Is he a king kind of thing? Emotep was an Egyptian chancellor to the pharaoh. Yeah. Oh. Ancient Egyptian official, real. Nice. Oh, wait, am I just reading, like, a blurb on the actual character? <laughs> Had to check. It's like, wow, he looks a lot like Boris Karloff. <laughs> no, my mistake. No, Emotep was real. Made much more famous as the monster from The Mummy. Okay. So, imagine this poor guy. He's, yeah, I don't know anything about him, but he's just, like, this mild-mannered man, mild man, you know? He's, like, always does good by his king, and he helps out the poor and whatnot. And now it's like, ew, it's this horrible monster that's come back to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I lost that, because now I'm, like, falling down an Emotep hole. Oh, this is actually... Tab and getting out of it. I always remember this opening scene, especially, like, what happens at the end, but this one is always, like, it's a good grab ya kind of scene. I also... Oh, for sure. Did you recognize the opening music? W should I have? I believe it's the same music from Dracula. Exactly. No, I don't think it is. I think it's a different score. Okay. It's, I, it's fucking close, though. 
Oh, it's very sim. All of that stuff was similar. They didn't put too much well, into it, I don't think. Also, I watched. I got a copy of the Mummy just the other day, uh, for at a yard sale for like a dollar. So this is a VHS copy. They could have also had a different kind of score thing on it because they do that sometimes. And it's also oh, that's true. I'm sitting there fucking with my composite cables. I'm like going to my TV, going like. I know it's a VHS, but this looks really shitty. And there's like, oh no, they must have just used a really bad cut because you start seeing like cigarette burns and people's hair on the film. Oh man, I was watching on Blu-ray. I had perfect picture. <laughs> You're there struggling <laughs> with your cables and looking at hair. I, I, if I should have just made it even better and watched it on my five-inch black and white. <laughs> but the box buried with him, not like his casket he was in, but a box that was dug up right next to it. Is inscribed with death eternal punishment to anyone who opens this casket. Boy, let's crack it open. Oh, yeah, and the young guy is just immediately, they're not even done reading the sentences. He's trying to pry it open. And the one, like, <laughs> guy that knows all the Egypt stuff is like, I'm the fuck out of here. Yeah, he goes outside and he doesn't want anything to deal with this curse at all. Which is very, I mean, I and the little bit that I do know about, like, the Egyptian, like, history and stuff didn't. Uh, they open up a certain tomb, and then within like five years, everyone was dead that opened it. Yeah, it's the curse of t- of King Tut. Uh, yeah, almost okay. all the archaeologists involved and everything suffered pretty bad deaths soon after. I wonder how much of that is the fact of they probably ate a pound of bacon and they thought asbestos was good. Oh, I'm sure breathing in the air even, like, deep under there isn't great for you, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's been sealed for thousands of years. Just go walk in. But the one scientist outside with the older man is like, I think the box may contain the scroll of Toth. Toth? Toth or Toth? Toth, I think they said. Toth, okay. And Ralph, the young one who's all excited about the mummy in the box and everything, who stayed behind, he says, fuck these old geezers, and opens up the box on his own, and reads the scroll, and what happens? Well, and it's so good, because this is also, like, early Universal, where they not... There's music in these movies, but there's not so much, like, every single scene. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy, where he's looking at the thing, he's like, ah, hooked on a feeling, and he's looking at the fucking scroll. It's silent. Yeah. And you just see, like, very slowly, Imhotep's eyes open, Boris Karloff, just very slightly, where even on the VHS, I'm sitting there being like, I think his eyes are opening. Um, And then he just kind of wanders over and grabs the scroll, and I love you just see his hand reach out and grab it. And then the dude goes nuts, just immediately just manic laughing. Straight, like, zero to a hundred, he's just insane right away. Which... If you just saw someone that you're like, that is definitely a dead body. So much so, it's like, it's behind us. We don't even care. And it just gets up and grabs your thing and goes walking out. It's like, oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's crazy. And Boris Karloff is killing it in this movie, if you ask me. Like, this is one of his best, like, acted roles. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, he was really good in it. And just how, like, subtle he can be with certain things. Oh, yeah. And. It's so cool, but what I hate is this is the only part of the movie where he looks mummy until the very last scene. Yeah, he turns into, like, super wrinkled old man throughout most of the movie, where he looks kind of fucked up. But yeah, it's not the full-on, like, awesome mummy that you think of, like, 
it's on every poster, you know. Yeah, you see that for a minute or two. Yeah. But ten years later, we cut to our main archaeologist from before. His son Frank is now there leading the expeditions, and Emotep, which now completely human looking and not not obviously advertising the fact that he's a mummy, shows up and gives him a piece of Anoxina Moon's funeral. I don't know, like, stuff from her funeral, I guess. And they had a terrible dig this season, like, nothing to take back. And like, I found it right over there. We are not allowed to dig up our own ancient sites. So he's just showing them, I guess, helpful hint. Yeah, and it's like, okay, what does, what do you get out of this? Especially if you're, like, native Egyptian and you're like, we're not allowed to do it, but you do it. I think it's like, we can't do it, but I still want to see what's down there, or I'm hoping you give me, like, a nice reward for finding this. I don't know. Yeah, but it is very much of, like, here is the clue. Dig there now. (laughs) Yeah, and he introduces himself as Ardith Bay. Yes, which is a it's still a pretty badass name. Yeah, the diggers are working on the new site, and eventually they find the steps, and then they find the tomb. And the door is still sealed 3,700 years later. Right. Yeah, and it has the things of like, yeah, do not open this. And then they're like, wow, we can't wait to open this. <laughs> and then they do what all these Universal movies love doing. Let's get some newspaper exposition here. Yes. There's headlines about the tomb of the ancient prin- princess. And she is now in Cairo being displayed and everything like that. I guess because Ardith Bay, an Egyptian, told them where it was, though... The findings stay in Cairo, because they, they're griping about that a little bit later on. Yeah, and they're like, there's nothing we can really do about it. It's the law, or whatever. It's the deal we made. <laughs> yeah. So, at the Cairo Museum, Ardith Bay shows up, and he's looking at the mummy very longingly. Hmm. Yeah, it, and it's very much of the thing of, like, sir, the uh, closing bells rang. And he's like, oh, I did not hear them. I want to stare at my <laughs> dead wife. I mean, this dead body more. <laughs> then we're also briefly introduced to uh, Helen Grosvenor? Grosvenor? I don't know how to say her last name. I just watched it. Yeah, that sounds for sure. Okay. Helen. But yeah. We meet her at a party. She's half Egyptian. And back at the museum, Dr. Wemple Sr., the original archaeologist, meets Ardeth Bay. He's like, oh, you can stay as long as you like. It's thanks to you that we have this. Thank you so much for all that. He invites him back to his house. House. But Ardith Bay slash Emotep, same thing, declines pretty coldly. Like, basically, no. Yeah, and he also is, is I, I love how it, like, reaches out to shake his hand. He won't shake his hand. Then he's like, oh, come to my office. And he, like, politely, like, touches his elbow to be like, oh, lead this way. And he's like, I do not like to be touched. <laughs> do, why do you think that is? Like, do you think he's still kind of gooey and rotty? Or uh, just doesn't want to be touched? It's either he's, like, brittle or they're going to touch him and be like, why are you so cold? Oh, that's true. He is kind of like an undead. Yeah. At night, Bay is still in the museum. He's studying scrolls and chanting at the mummy. And then we cut back to Helen at the party she was at in Cairo, and she stops dancing like she's in a trance. And she goes and takes a taxi right to the museum as Emotep's chanting, Anoxina Moon, Anoxina Moon. And she starts saying, Emotep. And she gets to the museum's like pounding on the door and just kind of faints and fall over. But luckily, Frank and his dad are right there and. 
Frank picks her up and takes her back to their place. Yes, and when they go back to the place, and Dr. Mueller has already been established a little bit, but he's been mostly in the background. He becomes much more uh, prevalent now and throughout the rest of the movie, played by Edward Van Sloan, who also played Dr. Van Helsing in Dracula. And you know what? He's honestly playing the same role here. This is just another Van Helsing. Oh, when uh, he's showing Emotep like the pictures of like the scroll and then a picture of his own dead body, it's almost exactly the look at the mirror Dracula scene. Yeah, and I mean seasoned old guy who understands it going after the monster. Like it's not it's not a stretch at all from Van Helsing. But he is so good that I'm like, okay. Oh yeah, I'm not complaining about it in the slightest. But she's on the couch muttering in ancient Egyptian to herself, and they can't make heads or tails of it. Back at the museum, Emotep kills one of the guards there. I don't know how he kills him, really. Oh yeah, this is another one of just like, oh, they go off screen, and then you hear a scream, and they cut away, and they just go, yep, the guard died. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Helen snaps back to normal as the doctors arrive. She doesn't remember any of the showing up at the museum, speaking ancient Egyptian, anything like that. Yeah, and they're talking about, like, she is speaking a language that hasn't been spoken in, like, 2,000 years. How in the world could she know this? Yeah. And Frank says she looks like Oxina Moon. Like, I don't know how, but he comes to that conclusion. He goes through this whole thing of like, oh yeah, when I broke into the tomb and I saw the lady's dead corpse and I thought it was beautiful and I fell in love with it. You look like that corpse. (laughs) I love how like, this is like old school Disney movies, like the really old ones and all these old movies where they fall in love instantly with barely knowing each other's names. It's just like, well, I'm a man and you're a lady and you're attractive and I'm attractive, so now you love me. Yeah, I mean, it seems to work out for both of them. Yeah. Um, at the museum crime scene were shown a scroll was missing. What scroll do you think that may be? Oh, uh, the, the fancy Egypt one, the, the dead one. It's not the Necronomicon, but it's close. Wait, is it missing? Is it missing no. or is there just one out? No, this remember. is, uh, Dr. Uh, Muller has it in the safe at the house. That's right. Because that's when Emotep shows up and they're like, lock it in the safe, like, get away from the safe. And then this is kind of immediately Emotep is like, oh yeah, I'm the mummy that you know I am, and I have amazing powers, and you know you cannot kill me. Give me my piece of paper. (laughs) Yeah, he shows up, and, well, the three are in the room, so Frank, his dad, and Mueller, and Emotep walks in and talks to Helen, and it's just like, he introduces himself, and it's just a lot of staring back at each other. Yeah, and Helen's doing a lot of, and this is kind of a lot like Dracula again, of, it's doing the, like, just, wide eye stare at him of, like, she's just under his spell. Frank leaves to take Helen home, and that's, like you said, Mueller shows Emotep a picture of him as a mummy. He's like, and then Emotep's like, fuck, you know, I'm not even gonna put this yeah. on. You must return that scroll to me or die. He leaves and they decide they're gonna burn it. Like, I was just, it was just shy of Boris Karloff smacking the picture out of his hand and going, I'm sorry, Van Hels, I mean, Dr. Mueller. <laughs> Dude, 
Boris Karloff, even in this movie where he's not that made up, he's an imposing figure, though. You know what I, I mean? Like, something about him's just intimidating. Well, he's he seems like he's very tall and he's very thin. And he has, like, one of those, like, kind of, his, like, cheeks are kind of sunken in. I don't know, that's probably also the makeup. But also just looking at earlier pictures of him. Because they also said that from between, like, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. It's like, he was a starving actor. Now he's successful. He put on a few pounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, rightfully so. He oh, yeah. should. But he just has that one of those stares, I think, that like w- makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It, it's part of because uh, they do another great thing where they do extreme close-ups on his face, and it is creepy. Yeah, definitely. Emotep's back at the museum. I guess he just has full reign of this place. He's like there all the time, <laughs> but he's. No, you know, he's not at the museum here. I thought it was, but I was wrong. He's at whatever hideout he has, like, where he's living somewhere. And he's watching them from this weird steam pool. You know what I mean? Like, where oh. he stares into it and can see things. Yeah, yeah. And he curses Frank's father and, like, force chokes him. Yeah, he does. That's a, yes. That's perfect. I don't know how else to describe it. You see him tighten in his hand and Frank's, like, grab it at his neck and dies. It's like, harder, daddy. What? What? <laughs> Um, and then this Nubian, he mind controls him, and he has that guy go take the scroll, and then that guy smartly, honestly, takes some other paper, throws it in the fire, burn it, makes it look like the scroll was burned. Every time I hear Nubian, I just think of chasing Amy and Banky standing up going, what's a Nubian? Shut the fuck up! (laughs) (laughs) Frank and Mueller show up and they think the scroll was burned he's like your dad in his last effort like was able to burn the scroll like so his sacrifice was not in vain but they're in the car going to see helen and the doctor realizes no that's not the scroll that was burned this is just paper not papyrus it's like yeah this is just newspaper whatever it's called yeah this is newspaper if you tried to burn the scroll it's probably so old and dried up that there would be like hardly anything left like if you burn newspaper you can still read it Mm-hmm. And then right before departing, Mueller gives Frank an amulet for protection. This is just, I mean, I hate to keep comparing it to Dracula, but this is just the crucifix. Yeah. For your mother's sake, we're the amulet. <laughs> Helen goes to Ardeth Bay's weird little hideout with her German shepherd. Oh, and we also, this is a good little uh, piece of information they give, because he's immediately like, oh, I want to give it to Helen then and protect her. And Mueller's like, no, Helen is now in no danger. He doesn't want to kill her, but he will want to kill you because you're like competition. Yeah, he needs her alive right now, but all he is is a thing in the way. Yeah. Helen and him are sitting around the steam pool thing, and he shows her ancient times and backstory. This is actually a pretty cool way to get a lot of backstory in. Oh, and I enjoy it quite a bit of... And it kind of makes you feel a little bad for Emotep, of, like, he just loved her so much, and then tried to bring her back, even though he knew that it was, like, against their gods, and, like, against the law, and he would be put to death if he's found out, which, of course he is. And, but he's still like, no, I'm gonna try to do it. Yeah, it's the whole pet cemetery (laughs) thing of the temptation to bring someone back if you have some unnatural, ungodly way is too great, and you're gonna do it. Ah, you don't want to go in that, Tom. (laughs) <laughs> but so the princess's burial was shown and he s- steals the scroll of Toth from a tomb and her body and he's going to resurrect her, but he's caught with th- the scroll in the body, contempted, condemned to death. 
mummified alive, which is yeah. terrible. And they show him getting wrapped up in the bandages, and he's still alive and, like, struggling. And that is actually a, another one of those scenes where you're like, oh, God, that's horrific. Oh, yeah. Also, these poor guys who wrap him up have to carry Boris Karloff over to the casket thing, and I feel like they almost drop him three times carrying him over. <laughs> and Boris Karloff already had bad back problems, so he's like, please do not drop me. <laughs> and they, like, chip off, like, the stuff on the top of the casket that's supposed to help you in the afterlife, basically condemning him to be stuck between life and death the whole time. Yeah, like, they chip off the fancy beard that all of those, like, sarcophaguses have. They chip off all, like, the jewels. Uh, early, like, first thing in the movie, they said how they took out the, like, spell or whatever that's inside the coffin to help your soul go to afterlife or something like that. Yeah. Now, on the bright side of being mummified alive, at least they didn't do the thing where they put the stick up your nose and swirl it around and pull out your brains through your nostrils. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, they kept all of his organs inside of his body. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess he kind of lucked out that they didn't go with that part of the mummifying alive. I'm also so glad that this version of the mummy doesn't have those fucking beetles from the 90s one, because those things, oh, the scarabs? they terrified me. Oh, how they go under your skin and oh, everything. Oh, just fucking, and the, they burrow into that guy's brain, and you see it go up to his forehead, then disappear. You're like, ugh! <laughs> yeah, that, that traumatized me as a kid it's, pretty bad, too. Th I thought this was supposed to be a fun movie. That's the guy from Georgia the Jungle. What is this? That <laughs> they bury Emotep in an unmarked grave, and then the slaves who buried him were all killed for secrecy. And they just brush over that fact like it's nothing. Okay. Yeah, I love that they kill them, and then they also kill the people that killed them. Yeah. Just in case. It, it's, honestly, that's the biggest addition to our Count of the Dead. Okay. It's oh, not yeah. as bad as you think, but There are but quite still. a few. I didn't even think of that. They didn't show the people who killed them getting killed, though. Right, but there were still the people that, like, buried them. There were a yes. few of those. Oh, I'm a way off now. I'm going to... <laughs> it's going to be another shot in the dark, people. <laughs> uh, after the story, Helen hears her dog crying out, and she runs after it, and it dies off screen. Yeah. D Am I to believe the cat killed the dog? <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. It's like, they, the little white fluffy cat killed this huge German shepherd. Okay, I know this is tying back to, like, Egyptians and cats and stuff. I don't really follow this part, but okay. Yeah, it's like, sure. This isn't even, like, modern-day German Shepherds, where they're... This is, like, old-school, like, before they got bred to death German Shepherds, you know? Yeah. But it cuts to her arriving back home, and Frank's there. She asks Frank to help her. She's, like, in and out of wanting to be with Emotep and Frank, because... When she wants to be with Emotep, she's fully entranced, and she's kind of, like, fighting that off all the time now. And that just keeps making her weaker and weaker, where they don't know what's wrong with her. They're like, she was weaker than she was yesterday! Yeah. She Later, she's in bed, wakes up, and all of a sudden, she's, like, in entranced mode again. Like, she has a split personality, kind of. And yeah. the doctor says, next time the call comes, go to him. And they're gonna follow her, obviously. Which, once again, it's like, set Renfield free so we can track him so we can find Dracula. <laughs> Did they really just reuse the Dracula script, I'm realizing? I wouldn't put it past them. 
Yeah. Emotep is at his little steamy pool again, you know, nice day at the sauna, and he starts cursing Frank, like, going to force choke him. Frank collapses, and he drops his amulet! Oh, yeah, this is so stupid. Of, Dr. Moeller told you she is not in danger, you're in danger. But then right before he's about to fall asleep, he, like, wraps the amulet around the doorknob. And then, of course, immediately Emotep's like, yes, like, his shields are down. Fire photon torpedoes! And he immediately's, like, <laughs> making him have a heart attack to where he's, like, doing the clutch in your chest thing and he's reaching out for the amulet and he grabs it but it falls from his hands and i thought he was dead i did too that this is like this is another one of those uh, times when we've seen a movie together in theaters and you're doing count the count the dead and you're doing counting on your fingers and the finger goes back up of like oh yeah he doesn't count then Oh, yeah, I hate when that happens. Dude, theater watches the worst if I forget to bring a pen. It's always so funny, because every time we, if someone we thought was dead comes back, I just look over at you. You seem like my thumb go down. And you just shake your head. You're like, God damn it. You know how exhausting it is to watch a movie when I forget a pen, too? Side tangent here. But then, like, I have to constantly stand up, like, half my fingers out and everything. You forget what you're doing. You're like, what? A, why do I have nine fingers up? <laughs> After Frank drops and everything, entranced Helen, like, walks past him and leaves the house. And she wakes up in the museum in full Oxina Moon gear with Emotep there. Oh, and very scantily clad, like, for this time period. When I saw her, she's basically in, like, a bikini-type thing. And I was like, wow, this is, like, really odd for, like, the 30s, it seems. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a very tame outfit, but for the time, yeah. definitely. I was thinking the same thing. She's showing a tiny bit of skin that isn't her hand or her face. Yeah, like, you see some midriff going on in the 30s. This was quite the racy picture. Yeah. Emotep gets the mummy, the princess mummy, out and burns it in the chimney. They have, like, a mummy-sized chimney just yeah. conveniently there. And as part of the ritual, I guess, to fully reincarnate her as Helen... Well, this is also and, where Emotep starts going, like, I could have brought this body back back then, and I could still do it now, but it would be a lifeless body. I want, like, you, like, your soul, your personality still in it. But then what was your idea for back in the day, then? I Maybe he's had time to think about it for a few thousand years. I don't know. It's just like, oh, well, I mean, I guess she's kind of back, but she's more like a fleshlight than a person now. Well, maybe, like, if they would have brought her back pretty freshly, she could have come back. Because the body was still fresh and everything, but now it's... I don't know. But she has no brain, so she's just like, no! Oh, <laughs> uh, true. Could, could you put the brains back up the nose? <laughs> Shoving them back in. <laughs> it's like, you did a really good job, but I'm still kind of fucked up! <laughs> <laughs> Want a date? <laughs> <laughs> Doing the face. <laughs> Anyone who gets lovely. that reference, I appreciate. Yes. Um, but he's going to kill her because she's, then she will die and go to the afterlife and then he will die and go to the afterlife and they'll be together in eternity oh. and she's not into this idea at all. Okay. So that was the, cause I got a little confused what his like, l like main plan was. I thought it was like they, he was going to somehow bring her back into the body or so. I didn't really know. So you're saying that they basically like. Well, I brought you back from the dead, and now we will both die, and then we can go to the afterlife. 
Yeah, together. Okay. So they'll be together or whatever. She tries running, and she's entranced again, and I'm no longer fearful of death. Dude, at the last minute, seemingly, Mueller wakes up Frank, and then they arrive at the museum and interrupt the ritual, and you know what? what's weird about Universal Movies and me, Brett? We have a complicated relationship. Okay. I love them. Mm-hmm. I feel like they go for just a good amount length. Oh, yeah. I always feel like they give the movie an hour and 14, typically, mm-hmm. and then the ending, a minute and a half. Oh, yeah, the ending is like, and here's what happens, and it's over. And we saw, we see the uh, the big end thing and the plane going around the planet. <laughs> yeah, so quickly, because, like I said, Frank wakes up, they arrive at the museum, they interrupt the ritual, Helen prays to the goddess statue there, like, stop him, whatever he's doing. Please help unnatural. me. He's, yeah, help me. And the statue's arm comes down and just zaps Imhotep to death. Yeah, it, it almost reminded me. Like, at first I thought the arm was just going to come up. And then, like, Imhotep was going to, like, deform back into, like, the scary, like, dried up mummy. But it, it's almost like in the end of Rocky Horror Picture Show where it starts shooting lasers. Yeah, he just zaps him. And he does kind of, like, decompose with that weird freeze-framing trick thing, like, back into mummy form. And then disappears, and the, the scroll of Toth also burns. Right. And I guess that's the movie. Yeah, and I do want to say I love the kind of how like the Wolfman goes from like Larry Talbot to the Wolfman, and it's that slow transformation over like dissolves. I like how they do yeah. it from like Emotep goes from like more of a person to like devolving to like. The last second before they cut away, you start seeing a skull, like, appear over his face. Yeah, it is cool. And you know what? It honestly doesn't look bad. I've seen worse way later. Oh, yeah. So, I would say Emotep in the new, in, like, the 90s mummy. I almost said the new mummy. The 90s I caught you say that. (laughs) And it's so weird, because I almost said that a couple times. I'm like, that is not new, Greg. No. (laughs) You were born in the 90s. Yeah. Um, that is because it's CGI Emotep, and it's just like, oh, he's screaming, his mouth is huge, and it's like, there's a million tiny details. You don't need that. No. Now, like I said, my biggest gripe would be I'd prefer we get a little more, like, mummy Emotep. Like, yeah. At the beginning, some, like, give me, like, a few scenes of him, like, as a mummy walking out and everything before he goes Art of Bay. But uh, if I, I've not seen the sequels to The Mummy, which all the Mummy movies are like standalone movies. It's almost like how the Leprechaun movies, they all might be played by Warwick Davis, but they're different Leprechauns, where each Mummy is a different Mummy. And I'm curious to see those, because I'm pretty sure like the Lon Chaney Jr. one, he stays in the Mummy makeup the entire time. Wait, wait, wait. I You might have just blown my mind slightly. What? Are you telling me that it's a different leprechaun every time? Yeah. I was never aware of it. I just did a full watch through, Brett. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no. not just like back in March around St. Patrick's Day. I did a full watch through of the leprechaun movie. Oh, yeah. That's why he's like goes to space without like any explanation. That leprechaun just went to space. I thought they were just lazy writing. No, they're they're all different. Oh, so that's a bunch of leprechauns. Yeah, well, they all have their own movie, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Is that real or is this you your head cannon? No, this is real. Like this is confirmed. Oh fuck me! I never caught that at all. Which they're all played by. Well, most all the good ones are played by Warwick yes. Davis. So it, you could definitely tell because he has that specific way he plays the leprechaun, which is amazing. No, no other movie where I see a leprechaun riding a tricycle, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's enough about Leprechaun for now. Um, yeah, that'd be my biggest gripe, though, is him, like, be a little more mummy-like throughout it. But, man, I still really like it. Also, if we could have got some more, like, actual Egypt shots and stuff, I know I get the budget, why they didn't and everything. I would have liked some of that in there. Yeah, I agree. I see where you're coming from, and I agree. But I also almost enjoy just the little bit of the actual mummy you get to see of like at the very beginning and then you see him walk you don't even get to see him walk out you just see the bandages like kind of trailing behind him yeah exactly you only see his face when he opens his eyes walking behind him too that's about it um i mean great cast though like i said van helsing's back (laughs) helen's a smoke show boris karloff is doing his thing i love so much like what all these people here are bringing to it. Oh yeah, I'm so glad that we got to do this movie because it made me watch it again. And I was like, oh yeah, I actually enjoy this a lot more than I thought I would because, like I said, like I'm not a huge Egypt fan. Like I'm not going to seek this stuff out. But now I want to watch the other ones. Yeah, I think this had like that perfect combination. I always like love Boris Karloff, so yeah. Karloff monster movie mixed with Egypt stuff. Fuck yeah! All right, so you want to get to Count of the Dead? Yes, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right. Those who don't know the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead usually is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. We add them to our grand total. However, for October, because we're doing way too many movies, we're recording them out of order and stuff like that, it's just going to be how many people died in this movie. At the end of the month, we'll total it all up. Yeah, so think of all the death we get at one time on Halloween. <laughs> oh, this is going to jump up insane. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, where do you think The Mummy brought us? Um, I'm going to say 12. 12? Because of all the people that buried him, they got killed. Uh, there's the guy that at the very beginning who was laughing, they say he died in the uh, mental institution. The dad dies. You're close. You're actually not that close. You overshot it. Okay. There's eight. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, only all those people that were killed in the sand, I think there was only four of them shown. Oh, because I couldn't remember how many there were of them, so I was guessing there were... I thought that there was eight of them alone, like, just trying to oh, remember no. back. <laughs> yeah, we just got, like, the museum guard, the dad, that other guy, and then... Who else was it? I don't remember. Yeah. Or maybe there's five of them, but still, that was our count of the dead. Okay, eight. nice. Yeah, that's actually not bad for an old Universal movie. No, usually you walk out with two or three of them. And you know what? I never complain about it, but still. Yeah. Well, every week Greg does his Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I do my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> um, so basically, I take the movie and I pick something from it. And I rate the movie 1 through 10. 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I come up with that okay. thing right now. Um... I'm curious, because we get a lot of cool imagery in this one. I don't know what you're going to go with. And honestly, because it's such a big part of the story, I'm going to go with paper. Pieces of paper. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Because there's a million things that could be on a piece of paper, Greg. 
Oh my god, did you just fucking pyramids and sarcophaguses and mummies? Paper. What, what, what? They could have been a sphinx. Sand I would have been okay with. What's a number one version of a sphinx? One with a nose. No, you the number ten would be with the nose. <laughs> this is my oh ratings. I know it is. I'm still going to yell at you. <laughs> but think about it. There's so many things, good and bad, that can be on paper. And that was this entire thing as they're running around after the scroll. So, a number, okay, a, sure. a number one version of paper is you're in elementary school and you got your report card, all Fs. Now you have to sit there with that all day knowing as soon as I go home, I'm grounded. What was going on in your life that you got all Fs in kindergarten? Well, I, I said elementary school. And oh, God. So it gets kindergarten. Okay. I never got all Fs. I, I've gotten a couple Fs before, but not all Fs. I'm saying the worst okay. version, you know. I got like, you. How are you failing everything? We're taking your television. No! <laughs> I want to watch The Mummy. Yeah. I need to watch my Universal Monster movies, Mom. I'm only... I'm an eight-year-old. I love these things. <laughs> <laughs> and the best number 10 version of paper what, what's something that would be like the best version of something on paper i'm thinking of like an original one sheet poster of like frankenstein or dracula i was gonna say like a check made out to me with a bunch of zeros on it but like, that works too. with a billion dollars yeah that yeah, also like that's my number one piece of paper okay because then i can buy the print Oh, very true. Yeah, I just got a poster, and now I'm like, wow, a very cool old poster. I'm still broke. <laughs> I'm walking in with my fucking billion. You have five <laughs> of them. I buy your poster. <laughs> I'm like, please buy my poster. I need money for food. <laughs> I didn't think this out. <laughs> um, I'm going to give The Mummy with Boris Karloff, I'm going to say eight pieces of paper out of ten. Eight pieces of paper, okay. We lined up perfectly. I won eight pieces of paper as well. Oh, very nice. As I enjoyed it quite a bit. There were definitely parts of it that I'm like, this is Dracula, and Dracula did it better. But Boris Karloff is still also just so great. And also is Edward Van Sloan coming back. Well, not coming back as Van Helsing, but basically coming no, back as Van no, Helsing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he came back as Van Helsing. Yeah. No, it was really fun. Um, you know what? I've never seen the Tom Cruise mummy. I have heard it's terrible. <laughs> Part of me wishes they actually kept with that dark universe thing. Because look, even though it was terrible, you know, there's something being done with the Universal monsters. Then, even if it's not like up to what I'd want, at least there's something being done with them. You know, well, I remember, Part of me wishes we could have seen that. I remember seeing the trailer for it and being like, "This is an action movie. This is not a horror movie. You're supposed to be doing the dark universe." Why the fuck is Tom yeah. Cruise in it? Tom Cruise does not go in a horror movie. Oh, I'm not saying it would have been great, but, you know, just so I could at least see something with these guys in it, you know? like I know Johnny Depp was, because they did the big, like, cast photo of, like, this is the dark universe, which I love uh, Jay Ballman from uh, Red Letter Media. Every anniversary will tweet that picture and be like, it's the fifth anniversary of the dark universe, making fun of him. But oh yeah, dude! I want to know who Johnny Depp was supposed to be. He was gonna be the Invisible Man. Oh, okay. Well, I did like the Invisible Man we got a lot as well. Well, it's a tailgate on the end of our Mummy episode with a little bit of this talk. Um, that's what happened. Is 
because Blumhouse works with Universal quite a bit. Like they're, I think, like this, like they take care of all their distribution and stuff like that. Okay. So pretty much Blumhouse, from what was originally reported, was going to pretty much take over a lot of the Universal monster stuff. Yeah. And then that's how we got that the Invisible Man. That would have originally been a dark universe movie, but instead they're going to focus on standalone movies with them, which I'm also a billion percent fine with because I loved that Invisible Man take. Yeah, it was really good. So, yeah, so maybe we will see more. Like, I always hear rumors of, like, a Sam Raimi Bride of Frankenstein. Oh. I had no idea there's <laughs> any truth to it, but I would love to see it. You told me that the other day of, like, it's a rumor I've heard online, but Raimi's Bride of Frankenstein, and I was just like, oh, what? Should I also, since we are kind of talking news, I guess I'll clarify that, yeah, this is one of the episodes we recorded early, people, just in case that news has come out by then. Oh, yeah, and if the news has come out that, yeah, Sam Raimi's doing a Bride of Frankenstein movie, know that Brett from Dimensions Eve probably passed out and had to be revived, and the first thing he does when he wakes up is goes, Raimi, Frankenstein, Like, Brett, you cannot go to the theater yet and wait in line. They haven't even started filming it. But yeah, that's all. Give me more versions of Universal Monsters today. But if not, at least I still have the old movies, but still, give me more. And I'm also really excited for that Renfield movie that's going to come out, like, in 2023. Oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage is Dracula. He finally did it. I can't. That's going to be so good. Yes. Yeah, that's all I think I got. Yeah, that's all I got then. So we hope that uh, you're enjoying Throbtober, and we hope that the mummy has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else... Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare.